Welcome to This is Texas Wine. I'm Shelley Wilfong, a wine educator, writer, and Texas wine enthusiast. On this podcast, we take a deep dive into the Texas wine industry. I review Texas wine news and bring you the interviews, education, and information you need to be a more informed Texas wine drinker. Thank you for joining me on this Texas wine journey. This is episode nine. On today's episode, I've got a thoroughly entertaining interview with Chuck Tordiglione, the owner of Bull Lion Ranch and Vineyard. He's also the president of the Cross Timbers Wine and Vineyard Association. The Cross Timbers Wine Trail has got a lot going on, including the publication of its second glossy wine and travel magazine and a bunch of new events that are planned for 2021. Chuck has more enthusiasm for Texas wine than most anyone I've ever met, and I know you'll enjoy his interview. I'll also talk about Texas wine trails in general, what they are, the events that they hold, and how they're organized. I'm also introducing a new segment called People in Wine, and my first subject is Tony Katori, a California winemaker who inspired two Texas winemakers whose names I know you'll recognize. Tony's also the partner in a Texas winery himself. Finally, I'm celebrating National Cabernet Sauvignon Day a little bit late with the 2017 Brennan Vineyards Cabernet Sauvignon. But first, Texas wineries are in the news. By now, I hope you've seen some exciting Texas wine news coming out from the State Fair of Texas. I'll say a lot more about it on the next podcast. The news was scheduled to be announced the very same day that this podcast drops. For now, let me just say that you should jump on this offer quickly if you want to participate. Be sure to follow the podcast on social media to catch the announcement. Look for it on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The handle is at Texas Wine Pod. Big Tex and Texas Wine. Super exciting. Congrats to Jeff Cope, head honcho of the Texas Wine Lover website, and all the other writers for Texas Wine Lover, too. Texas Wine Lover was included in the Corking Wines list of the top 101 wine writers for 2020. Texas Wine Lover came in at number 14. And guess whose article was recognized as the top article on Texas Wine Lover? Well, since you asked, it was mine. It was the article I wrote in March when I went to Fredericksburg for spring break after I had an international trip fall through. I didn't get to visit a single winery on that trip, but I did apparently write a good article. It's called Texas Wineries Get Creative to Meet Coronavirus Challenges, and I'll link to it in the show notes. It's always been said that Spanish missionaries brought wine to Texas in the mid-1600s. But an anthropologist from Wichita State University may have turned up some artifacts that challenge that bit of history. Dr. Crystal Dozier has found chemical markers that indicate evidence of caffeine and wine in pottery from pre-colonial indigenous populations in central Texas. These findings contradict stereotypes of alcohol use in Native American populations. Specifically, Dr. Dozier was looking at pottery from right before the Spanish came to Texas and found evidence of sicinic and tartaric acid, which are associated with grape wine. The findings related to wine weren't as strong as the findings related to caffeine, though, possibly because the biomarkers she was measuring are very sensitive and can easily be washed away. She plans to return to Texas to continue her research related to the use of wine by Native Americans. This time, she'll be using DNA analysis to figure out the vines behind the wine. Perhaps the new world isn't so new after all. A recent article on timeout.com highlighted two Texas wineries. The article was titled, The Most Scenic Southern Wineries Worthy of a Getaway, which is a great title. 
What I thought was way less great was the paragraph introducing this article. In two sentences, the author manages to diss European wineries, European wines, and, quote, wineries of the American South. Here's how it starts. Wineries in Europe can feel a little too old world in both the actual wine and the vibe. But wineries in the American South are the exact opposite. Though they may not be world-renowned for their grapes, the vineyards of the South take advantage of hilly areas, tropical and arid climates, and a rich soil to produce a wide range of reds and whites, and some great rosés and fruit wines, too. Hmm, okay. But she goes on to say that there are some nice winery experiences in the South, and among them, two of our Texas wineries. These are Dukeman Family Winery in Driftwood and Fall Creek Vineyards, both locations of Fall Creek got a mention. We are less than one month away from October's Texas Wine Month. I know this Texas Wine Month may be a bit more subdued than last year's, but I know it'll still be festive in its own way. I'd love to know what your winery has planned, so please keep me posted on your wine trail or your winery's plans. I'll tell you about the Hill Country wineries and the North Texas Wine Country Passport events later on in the show. On the last podcast, I talked with Roxanne Myers about the new Texas winery pack, Save Texas Wineries. The announcement of that pack has gotten a bit of news coverage in the past couple weeks. In one San Antonio news story, Susan Johnson, owner of Texas Heritage Vineyards in Fredericksburg, was quoted as saying, The need for the pack is critical. I think it will help our voices be heard more to help solve this problem. It isn't like we're here slinging drinks like a bar. People are buying wine by the bottle, Johnson said. It is sad because wine sales nationwide technically have gone up, but people are really just buying from like HEB or Target or Walmart because we either can't be open or they don't know they can still come by to go from us. It's been really difficult, Johnson said. There was no inkling that we would have to completely shut down, not only once but twice, and for us mom-and-pop small businesses, it has really been tough. It's been a lot of doom and gloom since all this started. But I think if we can survive this, it will make us all stronger. If you haven't already checked out how to get involved and how to get in touch with your elected officials to let them know that you want Texas wineries to be reopened, please visit www.savetexaswineries.org. You can donate from that page, too. And donations over $50 get a cute t-shirt as a thank you. In a previous show, I announced the Texas on the Rhone River Cruise that's being hosted by four of our great Hill Country wineries. Texas on the Rhone is taking place November 11th through 18th, 2021, and it's hosted by Tornalocks Vineyard and Winery, Fall Creek Vineyards, Parasos Vineyards and Winery, and Wedding Oak Winery. It's a private hosted wine cruise on the Ama Waterways, Ama Cristina. There's also an optional pre-cruise package in Barcelona, or you can stay afterwards and go to Paris. There are great wines and four special wine pairing dinners. You've got your shore excursions included. There is still space, but it's limited. So if you're thinking about going, you are going to want to get in touch with the exclusive cruise concierge, Derek Shannon. I will put his contact information in the show notes. And if you do decide to register, Please tell Derek that you heard about it on the Texas Wine Podcast. And that is the Texas Wine News.
have a fun new giveaway that I'm sending out to people that sign up for my monthly email newsletter. It's a Texas wine quiz, and it's also got the answers included so that you can check yourself. In just 10 questions, you can identify if you are a Texas wine expert and ready to go to work in a winery tasting room. Sign up for the newsletter on the website, www.thisistexaswine.com. You'll see the button for the newsletter sign up. Also, if you have any questions that you would like to have answered on the show, please send them my way. When I get enough, I'm planning a listener questions episode. My email is texaswinepod at gmail.com. Now, this is a new section that I'm calling People in Wine, and I'll be sharing my research on people who've shaped the Texas wine industry. Over the past few months, I've had the opportunity to talk with both Chris Brundrett, the co-founder of William Chris Vineyards, and also Henry Croson of Croson Wines in Johnson City. And one name came up in both of those chats, and that name is Tony Katuri. I've heard his name a couple times now, and I wanted to do a little bit of research about him and find out who he is and what he does. And I wanted to share that with you. I thought that was important because he is someone who has obviously been an important force that has shaped both Chris and Henry's philosophy of wine. Also, he is a co-founder of La Cruz de Comal, a winery in Central Texas. Maybe someday I'll have the opportunity to talk to Tony Couture in person, but for now I've relied on interviews that were conducted by others, and I'll link to a few of those in the show notes. So Tony Katuri was one of California's first natural and organic winemakers. He is in the midst of his 41st harvest at Katuri Winery, which is his property on Sonoma Mountain in a region that's called Valley of the Moon. It's just above the small hamlet of Glen Ellen in Sonoma. And the Katuri family has had this land since 1961. The winery was founded by his father in 1979, and now he's working land with his son, Nick. Tony's a big believer in not just organics, but biodynamics. And that's a way of farming that also considers moon cycles and all the other systems of the environment in relation to what's going on in the vineyard. He obviously doesn't use pesticides and herbicides, but he also doesn't use any added yeast or sulfur, no irrigation, no trellising, and no new oak. His wines don't undergo fining and filtering, and bottling is done by hand. Since there's no trellising, his vines are all head-trained and must be hand-picked. His winery produces about 5,000 cases annually, and they're distributed in Texas by rootstock. Members of the press call him a legend and a cult hero, and they say he's a bit reclusive. He calls himself an old hippie from the 60s. Katuri Winery has a simple website with no online ordering, there are a few wines listed that are currently available for, for purchase, and you're supposed to email if you want to inquire about purchasing. He's got a couple of blends online and a pet nat and an estate Zinfandel made from 31-year-old Zinfandel vines. He also makes some hard cider from Gravenstein apples that grow nearby. That Zinfandel is the specific wine that Henry Croson mentioned that was life-changing for him. It's the most expensive wine on Tony's list at $50. Louis Dixon at La Cruz de Camal near New Braunfels is a longtime friend and business partner of Tony's. In fact, Louis and Tony are business partners in La Cruz de Camal, a winery in Canyon Lake near New Braunfels. 
The winery makes wine in the same basic way that Tony employs at his winery in Sonoma. That's natural winemaking with wild yeasts, no sulfites, no fining and filtering. It's unclear if they're using organic farming or biodynamic methods, but I'm sure they're using sustainable farming at a minimum. The website of Le Cruz de Comal tells the story. The two met in 1981 when Lewis was in Sonoma and he tasted some of Tony's first commercially released wine from the 1979 vintage. The article I read said that Lewis tasted the Zinfandel before dinner and he ended up canceling his dinner plans and he spent the rest of his evening in his hotel room with Tony's wine. He called Tony the next day and he said, I just have to meet you. So the two men arranged for a visit and ended up becoming very good friends and kept up with each other over the years. Tony started coming to Texas to make wine in 2001. The two men planted all sorts of different grapes in Lewis's vineyard and then ultimately settled on the two grapes that would make up the estate vineyard at La Cruz, La Cruz de Camal. Since 2011, all of the wines at La Cruz de Camal have been made using Blanc de Bois and Black Spanish. They have a three-acre estate vineyard, and production is very small, from 33 to 200 cases a year, and mo- most of the wine is sold there out of the tasting room. In a Facebook virtual tasting I was watching way back in April, Henry Croson commented that Katuri Winery had joined the Facebook Live, and he got an excited look in his face, and he said, Tony's wine, it was a 1984 Zinfandel. That was the first wine that I had that was made in this non-interventionalist style. Non-interventionalist is a style of wine that is made in a zero-zero mindset. Zero-zero being nothing added, nothing taken away. And that's how we make all our wines. This is Henry talking. If we had an ingredients label on our wine, the ingredients would say grapes. The first wine I ever had that was made like that was made by Tony Katuri, and it was a super exciting wine. Now, when I chatted with Chris Brendred about Katuri, he was even more effusive about Tony. Here's what he said. Some of the bottles I've had from him are like the heavens part and Jesus Christ comes down and sits next to you and wants to have a glass. And it's the most mind-blowing thing. Some of his wines have inspired me. They have elicited emotion and they're living, breathing things. And in the end, that's what I want to produce. That's what we try to produce at William Chris. Wines that make you feel something. Soulful wines. Chris goes on to talk about how they do a lot of work in the vineyards so that they can be light-handed in the winery. So based on, based on these quotes, I think you can understand why I wanted to know more about this man, Tony Katuri. Someday, someday I hope to get to raise a glass of estate Zinfandel with Tony Katuri. I've got a great interview for you today, but first I want to give you a bit of background about the wine trails of Texas. For this episode, I went searching for information about the wine trails. Wine trail is a somewhat misleading term because really what we're talking about is a winery association. Some of them call themselves trails and others don't. 
The wineries that participate may or may not be arranged neatly along a trail like you would follow if you were on a trail map. Now, the trails aren't necessarily aligned with the American Viticultural Areas, or AVAs. We've talked about that Texas has eight AVAs across the state. Well, the wine trails are a totally different beast. Although the Texas Hill Country Wineries Association is defined by that AVA, the wine trails also are not necessarily aligned with the 10 eco-regions of Texas, although the Cross Timbers wine trail is aligned with the Cross Timbers eco-region. There are around 18 wine trails or associations in Texas, and each trail has between 2 and 60 wineries that are a part of it. About half of the 400 wineries in Texas are members of a trail. I'll estimate that around 20% of those participate in two or even three trails. There's overlap in the service areas that the trails cover in many cases, particularly in the Hill Country and in North Texas. But there are definitely trails, otherwise known as associations, that cover all of the state where there are wineries, north, south, east, and west. I thought for sure when I started this research that there would be some type of financial assistance that would have been provided to these trails at some point in time to get them set up. But it seems that the trails are completely self-funded and they each operate under their own set of bylaws. They've never, to the best of my knowledge, received funds from the Texas Wine and Grape Growers Association, or TWIGA, or from the Texas Department of Agriculture. The TWIGA website lists the wine trails, although their list is just a bit outdated, The Texas Department of Agriculture website no longer maintains a list since it changes so frequently and it's become a bit tedious to keep up to date. One wine trail related term that you should know is passport event. A passport event is basically an event that is held by a wine trail during which you will visit a number of wineries over a certain period of time. Most wine trails hold several passport events each year, but not all of them call their events passport events. They may call them road trips or festivals or some other name. Confused yet? Now, there are a decent number of wineries in any given geographic area that for one reason or another opt not to join their local wine trail. Perhaps they don't feel they can effectively manage the increased traffic that the passport events would bring. Or maybe they can't justify the membership dues. What you might find is that as you're traveling along a road attending a passport event, You may drive by a winery that is open, but it's not participating in the passport event. In fact, you may even pass by a winery that's a member of a different trail entirely. I'm going to highlight a few notable trails or associations and tell you what I see that's working really well. The biggest winery association in Texas is the Texas Hill Country Wineries Association. Formed in 1999, it's a nonprofit trade organization that represents about 60 wineries in the central part of the state. It has the enviable website address, texaswinetrail.com, and it sponsors four major events each year. They do call theirs passport events, and for a certain price, you buy a passport that allows you entrance to all participating wineries for tastings, discounts, tours, and more. The timing for these four events is usually October for Texas Wine Month, December for the holidays, February for Valentine's Day, and April for wildflower season. These events, plus membership dues, 
make up the budget for the association. During COVID, the Texas Hill Country Wineries Association has been sponsoring monthly happy hours, where winemakers from several different wineries will talk about a certain topic and interact with the audience on Facebook. The last one I attended was on rosé. I found them really entertaining and educational. The videos for the sessions are on Facebook under the Texas Hill Country Wineries page. There are some great features on the website, too. From lodging suggestions to restaurants in the area, the website covers a lot of ground. Also, don't miss out on the classified section if you're looking for a winery job, some vineyard equipment, or some bulk wine. The education section on Texas wine and on the Hill Country AVA is really helpful, too. And the association executive director, January Weesey, is always ready to help answer questions. Another large winery association is the North Texas Wine Country. Like the Hill Country Wineries Association, North Texas is no longer calling itself a trail, but it does have suggested trails that you can follow as you participate in passport events. Both associations mentioned to me that they offer suggested trails that make good day trips. North Texas Wine Country is the newish name for what was previously Dallas Town and Country Wine Trail. It represents 28 wineries from 22 counties in North Texas. One neat feature of this trail is they have their own wine pouring association called the Wine Pouring Stars. These folks help pour at events, attend educational meetings, and get a chance to meet a lot of fellow wine lovers along the way. Both North Texas Wine Country and Texas Hill Country Wineries have passport events that have been announced for the Texas Wine Month in October. Texas Hill Country Wineries have their Wine Passport Month tickets on sale now. They've got over 35 wineries participating this year. You can expect to-go tastings, wine discounts, agricultural tours, photo ops, and more. They've also added exclusive Zoom happy hours. Tickets are $65 for an individual and $95 for a couple. Check the website for more information. North Texas Wine Country is also currently selling tickets for its October wine trail. All 28 North Texas wineries are participating in a similar setup. Tickets are $50. The newest trail to come along is the Sam Houston Wine Trail, and these wineries are located no more than an hour north of the Houston suburbs. All of these eight wineries are pretty new and have just been doing business for about a year or so. They had just launched their effort days before the COVID shutdown happened, and most of their tasting rooms are still shut down. Texas Way Out Wineries is a group of eight boutique wineries that are just south of DFW to just north of Austin. They're a bit off the beaten path, so they call themselves Way Out. Their website features three road trips that have been held in the past that look like a lot of fun, from a Mardi Gras theme weekend to a summertime cookout to a holiday road trip. These are the kind of wineries where costumes are encouraged. The wine trail that I think is making some serious moves right now is the Cross Timbers Wine Trail, and you're about to hear my interview with the president of that trail, Chuck Tordiglione. The Tordiglione family operates Bull Lion Ranch, a commercial cattle and horse operation, as well as Bull Lion Ranch Winery, an 8,000-case winery that focuses on Italian varieties. The Bull Lion Vineyard was planted in 2010 in Chalk Mountain near Heiko, and winemaking began in 2013. The operation is a family affair that involves Chuck and Cindy's three kids and son-in-law. 
Another important part of the team is Patrick Giovanni Johnson, the Bull Lion winemaker, who's been with the winery since it started. Chuck may well be the most enthusiastic person I've ever talked to about Texas wine, and I'm excited for you to hear his big plans about the Cross Timber Wine Trail. He also announces his expansion plans for Grapevine and what towns along his wine trail he thinks might be the next Fredericksburg. He's got a Texas-sized to-do list that includes filing for a new AVA, a couple of new food, wine, and art festivals, new partnerships with local chefs, and more. As we start out this interview, Chuck and I have about 20 seconds of difficulty with our phone connection, but then it's smooth sailing. Now here's Chuck talking about the history of the Cross Timbers Wine Trail. Cross Timber Wine Trail is one of the oldest in the state. You do know that. No. Yes, it was formed, it was started by Dr. Bobby Smith. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, and and Les Constable. The two of the grandfathers of the wine industry. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I'm here. Yes. So when was that? I think that had to be like the early 80s. Okay, um, I knew them both very well. In fact, I learned a lot from both of them, Dr. Bobby Smith especially. I spent I spent several years with him. Um, he was working with me on vineyards and things, and I've been, I was very fortunate in, uh, to, to have known him. And, um, you know, the Cross Timbers was just a small group of seven wineries, seven or eight wineries in the Fort Worth area, Springtown, in, uh, you know, over in, over into, uh, you know, the, the outboard area. And I had an idea a couple of years ago, a few years ago, I went to him and said, I've got an idea. And I said, I want to take cross timbers and expand it throughout the entire cross timber eco region of Texas and take on all wineries and vineyards and turn it into one of the largest Texas AVAs and one of the, and, and at least the second largest wine trail in Texas. Okay. It's going to be hard to beat the New York. I caught the New York city one down in Fredericksburg. Yeah. They are tough to beat. Uh, yeah. It's going to be hard. Cause I mean, but we're different. Okay. We're, we're the, we're the great farmers of Texas. We are, all of most all of us in our organization are uh, have vineyards. We're set out on ranches in the country. You know, you've got to. You know, we're we're not we're not five minutes apart, three minutes apart. We're like, you know, you're going to drive twenty five minutes plus to get to each of us. Right. Okay. So we're quickly growing, and we are. I can I can safely say we are the second largest wine trail in Texas. I, I just. I can't. I don't see another one that is expands as far a region as we do, because the Cross Timber Eco Region is from around uh, Hamilton County north to the Red River, and from Grapevine west to Abilene. Okay, I noticed on your website you said your service area is west of the Metroplex from Red River, and then from the Red River to Waco. But now you're going into yeah. into Grapevine, so maybe it's a little bit of a shift yes, east. It is. It's not updated because I kept I kept getting hit with people saying, "Hey, you know, Cross Timber region encompasses Grapevine." Okay. And so we yes, so we did it. 
we expanded and we took on the vineyards there, the, the Messina Hoffs, the, um, the uh, uh, Bingham family. And um, because you have to have to be in us, you have to be Texas grapes, Texas grown. You have to, and, and you have to, you have to be very active in it. We're, we're not looking, we, our members are not wine shops, so to speak. If you're a wine shop, you, you've got, a, you have a vineyard and you're, you're an active Texas grower. Interesting. So how are you going about getting new members? Well, it's, it's real simple. I mean, I'm the game plan. We have number one. We've put out a publication. Have you seen that on our website? I have. In fact, I went to the event that you guys did at the Dallas Farmers Market back in February, and I believe your daughter was kind enough to bring one of those to me. And I have to tell you, I'll, I'll just say for listeners' benefit, it's kind of a glossy magazine. It's about seventy pages, and it says cross timbers across the front, but it looks like just a magazine. And it's got a beautiful picture of the wine country. Out, I don't know what winery that is on the front, but people were stopping it's, uh, me. Blue it's blue ostrich. Okay, people were stopping me left and right, saying, "Where did you get that? I want one." And I think it's I had the cool. only one. <laughs> it's the coolest magazine in Texas. I'm. I did. I love it. I love it. I love it. It is. The next one comes out next month. We're. It goes to print in two weeks. Great. And and we've. It is, and it, that was our first edition, and it, it took Twigga by storm, it took everyone by, people are going, wow, 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 I mean, because it's a, it's a, what it is, is a, it's a wine traveler's guide of North Texas, and then it also takes on all the Texas, the chefs, the fine chefs in all the, all the areas, um, the biggest ball of twine, in other words, yep. or, or the bed and breakfast or something. So if you want to do some wine travel, our guide is one of the guides to, to, to get. And and um, and it's, it's not a book you throw away. It's one of those kind that of, it's got wine notes in it. So every time you go to a winery, you take your notes and, and, it, and you keep the book, you know. And, and so it works out real well. Um, we, uh, we've had so much great response. And this second edition, it's going to knock your lights out. It is, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm in the middle of it every day. It's, it's just, there's nothing out, there's nothing out there like it. Are you selling it or how, how do people get it? Well, we have, we, every winery, every single winery has coffee. Okay. And that, now this edition is going to be also in hotels. It's going to be in restaurants throughout the entire man where we're working to get it in, in all kinds of places. It's, uh. It's, um, we've got, we have on staff a couple of ladies that work hard at it. Um, every, every town is involved. Uh, Granberry, now, now Grapevine. Let me tell you, now that we took on Grapevine, holy mackerel, they are all over this thing. You're, you're getting ready to see an explosion in Grapevine with this deal. They're excited because we're, we're actually putting a shop in Grapevine. Oh, great. Yeah, we'll, it'll be open November 1st, 15th, right in there. And so, so we, um, they're, they've invested big time into the magazine. And, um, and then, and then we're also the magazine. See, the magazine does several things too. It did the wine traveler's guide. And then it explains, you know, it, it does, it promotes 
these chefs that support Texas wine, chefs and restaurants, and it's also got a little area, a little area on grocers that support Texas wine. Now it's a, it's a big. It also helps promote us, and it, it's we the Cross River Wine Trail is probably doing more Texas wine promoting. I, and I'm, I can safely say this than any other wine trail in the state of Texas. And when I say that, there's there's also not just the publication. We also, and we, we will be, like I said, the number two, or we feel like we are at this time, the number two wine, largest in Texas, but we'll be the number one wine trail event and festival destination in 2021. And what are you planning for 2021? You ready? Yep. All right. First of all, we're putting on, we teamed up. And it got canceled for 2020. The Go Texan Wine, Food, and Art Festival at Panther Island, Fort Worth. That was scheduled to be the largest wine, Texas, all Texas wine food festival in the state. I saw that advertised on Facebook, and I was sorry to see that it was canceled. I think it was postponed, and then it got canceled for twenty for May 2021. Yeah. We're right after the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival, and they canceled in the summer, and then we canceled, and we all rescheduled in October. We we canceled again, but our date moving forward for now on and every day is going to be Mother's Day weekend. Okay, and is this a brand new event? It's a brand new event, and we teamed up with our Texas Agricultural Department. Okay, I noticed it was branded Go Texan. Yep. The next one is the Granberry, it's a cross-timber wine symposium festival and Texas wine competition. That's intriguing. It's going to be, that's a, that's a November event. Next, it's still on the books, but this weekend, this week, we'll make a decision whether it's a, a, a no-go or not. I'm thinking it may, it may be a no-go because... You know, you're talking four or 5,000 people at those kind of events are not going right now. The next one is the Burleson Wine Crawl. We have taken over. Okay, it was a Burleson Wine and Brew Crawl that we recently took over. Roxanne, the incumbent president of Quigga, who is also a member of our organization, she came to me and said, look, they're, they're wanting the girl that was running it is wanting to give it up. Should we take it over? And yes, we took it over. That is a that is a that's a five six thousand person event. That's one of the bigger ones around here. So we took over that one. We have currently have plans underway with Grapevine now to do a spring wine festival. So so we're working. We're working in conjunction to team up with the North Texas Wine Trail Association and Cross Timber since we meet right about there. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is how you how do you coordinate between the two? Because I know there's some overlap, and especially in your northern yeah. wineries. I think there's almost 100 percent overlap. Yeah, there, there is. They 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 join the organization. It's, it's just exposure. We are right now, we had a plan and still have it underway for a major, 
a major um, radio radio ad. Mm-hmm. Constant, constant, go Texan, all Texas wine radio ad. That will be played every day, all day, ten times a day, every day. <laughs> so it's just, we're working on these things right now. So it's it's a cross timber thing. It's a it's a it is a there is a there's a method to this madness of what we're trying to do. And it's trying to train, teach our Texans, fellow Texans, and those that are moving in how what they need to how to support Texas agriculture. Well, I love that, and I want to ask you um, two things. One is I want to go back to what you were saying about AVAs. Are most of the wineries on your trail outside of an AVA? Most all of them are. The only ones that are in it at this time is the is the um, Texoma, but Texoma will eventually fall. We believe is going to fall under our AVA. It'll be a little section. It'll be a, it'll be it'll, it'd be like divisions of a major AVA. So, do you guys have paperwork in for a new AVA? No, they're working on it right now. Okay, they're working on that. That's probably that's that's probably out of one to twenty things to do on the list of what we're in the middle of. Probably ten right now. So, yeah, it sounds like you got your hands full. Well, yeah, we were we're really working on we're really working on building the, the publication. Uh, the publication family, um, then building uh, the events, and then um, and then from there going into other. Uh, but um, our our goal is to you know again is to get is to get people to you know to to understand support Texas agriculture, especially now we need it so badly right now. It's it we're our, our, we're just getting kicked in the butt by this right now with what's going on and. So we want, we want, and, and then Cali- Then you've got California. If you if you will notice, you go into the grocery stores, check out the grocery stores right now. And what's going on with California wine? They have flooded our market. I mean, it is at the end of every aisle. There's a stack of California wines as high as six foot tall, at twelve dollars a bottle, or less. <laughs> yeah, or less, and they are, and and that, and listen. There's a strategy behind what they're doing right now. You know that. I mean, they're hurting us. It's hurting us. But we, again, we're going, we're working at a level differently than any other wine trail there is out there. It is a market, there's a marketing strategy. I think that people are going to understand. And I think we're going to, we're going to, there's 1.7 million wine travelers in Texas a year. Do you know that? Yeah, it's a huge tourism industry for sure. Yes, and out of that 1.7, 49% are from the DFW Metroplex. So we are trying to, with Cross Timbers, is, hey, keep them home. You know, you don't, you, I mean, you know, fine, go down to Fredericksburg and have fun, but, but we want you to stay home. We know you can go to, you can come down here to Granbury and stay on the lake go out the next day and see three wineries, come back, have dinner on the square at one of the fine Texas cuisines, and then head back out the next day and see three more wineries. We're, we're working Granbury to become the next. I'd like to see Granbury become the next little Fredericksburg. It, it's, it's prime for that. Yeah, show me where the cute ends are and the great restaurants, and I'll give it a try. And well, if, you're, you, if your you magazine know. does that, then I'm, I'm game. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you'll come down to, 
people ask me all the time, well, what, what would you do? And I said, well, you come down to even our neighborhood, Heiko, the old Midland Hotel, 100-year-old hotel. Go down there and stay the evening, eat steak downstairs at the Chalk House, and then go and then go, go to three wineries and, and, and make that your home base for the weekend. Yeah, that sounds or great. Or Glenrose. You know, Glenrose, you could do the same thing. Or Granbury. We've got these really, really cool towns, and they're just with unbelievable um, town squares, historic town squares. And, um, you know, Granbury, second year in a row, the number one small historic town in America. Now we, we're, I'm working with Grand, and I work closely with Granbury because uh, I, that's my, that's our trail. Now, now I want to explain something. Our, the cross timber wine trail is broken into three separate trails. You've got the northern region, the central, and the southern region. Because when, when we start putting on major trail events, it's going to be hard to be like Way Out Winery because I'm in Way Out Winery also. The way our wineries, there's 12 of us, so you can go to all 12 wineries in one weekend. Well, with us, you can't do that. We're spread out. So a northern trail might have a trail event, the central, and then the southern at different times. And then we're going to put on, um, uh, then, 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 then we'll put on a, you know, uh, a full month-long wine trail event is what we're working on. Okay. So what about this October? I know these are weird times with COVID, but are there any plans for anything for Texas Wine Month? Well, we've got, um, we, well, I, I know we're trying to get, well, first of all, everything in Granbury has fairly closed. As not, we're not doing anything in October. We're right now honing in on November to see if we can do it or not. Grapevine, on the other hand, has Texas wine events going on in October. In fact, our winery, they're, they're getting ready to have the soft opening of the new train station and train. Mm-hmm. They've invited us to be the, uh, the, the, one of the, one of the featured wineries in that, uh, that train, that, uh, uh inaugural run. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. Where's it your really place going to be there? I know that, um, Landon's going in the old Umbra place. Oh man, we got the coolest place of all. Coolest place. You know that old 1920s filling station? Yes. That's it. Really? What's been in there? Isn't it some kind of shop in a store? Yeah, it's a a Nomad um, Outfitters shop. And they're moving over to the garage. We're taking over the offices and the canopy. Cool. Oh, it's really going to be cool. I'm so excited about this. So is the town. The town is They've invited us to four major events to be the featured winery. And, and, and you know what? And, and I got to tell you, we love Grapevine because we have been the top award-winning winery in Grapevine. We were last year. We won, uh, we won three out of the five uh, fine red wine categories. We, we gold medaled in them. That's so excellent. We, uh, we won, the, uh, we won the, the bold uh, with our Malbec. Uh, we won the, the blend with our Texianti and the... Uh, uh, the medium red um, Montepulciano, and the only one we didn't win was the sweet red and the light red. And we, number one, we just don't focus a whole lot on the sweets. And number two, we just couldn't we couldn't enter a fourth. <laughs> I did a podcast episode a month or so ago on Grapevine, but since I've done it, there have been so many changes. And now that I hear about all these new things opening, it's exciting. And they've had that new hotel open and new dining and. 
I think things are happening over there. So that's great to see. We, we, we want, I want them to, cause I'm, you know, like I said, I'm in the middle of grant of, of, of Granberry, but I'm also wanting to get in the middle of grapevine because grapevine is a great, it's a super, super town. Um, I want to see more Texas wineries there. Yes, exactly. That's it. I, I, there's, there's not enough Texas wineries. Uh, I know that you've been called one of the biggest proponents of Texas wine. So what, what do you want everyone to know about Texas wine? I, I, want, I want everyone to know that we, we all work very hard to make fine Texas wine. There's nothing over my family. You know, my, my family has been traced back to 1825 as winemakers and vineyard owners. My great-grandfather came here in 1910. I mean, he was a master winemaker. We've been, we, we, we're not rookies at this. So, so the, many, many of us are out there and are learning the craft and becoming very good at it. Very good at the craft. And I, I, I've got to tell you, our wine trail is made up of some of the finest wineries, winemakers in all of Texas. And, and so I guess, I guess when it gets right down to it, we really need more people to explore Texas wines and or support Texas wines because it does bother me that you go into a restaurant and 90% of a menu is California wine. And we may not even have 10% of that menu. And then many, many restaurants, we don't even get mentioned. What we do is we, again, in our organization, we're trying to align ourselves with Texas chefs, get more involved, introduce Texas chefs to our wine. Because my goal, my goal is to someday see that menu 90% Texas wine and 10% California wine. That's, that's my goal. Now, is that going to happen in my lifetime? I don't know. We're going to have to plan a whole lot more grapes. We got a lot more space, though, so we can do it. Yes. Well, of course, we've got a lot more space. <laughs> you know what? We are planting a lot more. This, this, our, our growers are, they are, every, you wouldn't believe how many people coming up to me in our particular eco region with vineyards that we didn't even know about. Oh, I got a vineyard. They're coming into my wine tasting room all the time. We've got a vineyard. We started a vineyard. We're going, we want to start a vineyard. My, my, my own neighbor came to me once. We're going to start one for him. I mean, people want to do it. And, um, and we encourage that, and um, it's happening. And um, you know, it doesn't take it doesn't take that. I mean, we have enough wine to supply all the Tex fine Texas bistro restaurants around. You know, I'm not we're not looking to get into Chili's, right? Again, you be, I guess quote me on that. Chili's will hate me, but I'm <laughs> getting, getting when it gets right down to it, we um, we have we can supply because that's. Now, that's our next adventure. There's two other adventures Cross Timbers is doing as well. I didn't bring this up. We are, we've just brought on a Texas, Cross Timber, Texas wine rep. And what does that person he, do? He is, right now, we're, we're, we are getting ready to introduce our wines in a big way into Brookshire's, into Tom Thumb, Market Street, and... Um, and um, an HEV, of course, where, but and that's his job is to go around all of North Texas and to start getting us all the way down to the Waco, and we'll, we'll soon make it down into Austin. 
So we've got that underway right now. So he's working as a distributor, kind of a self-distributor for all the wineries in your... What he is is what we call ourselves is we're not, we don't have a distributor. He is our, he's our representative. And we are going to all, we're going to be different than a distributor. It's family friendly distribution. Okay. So we can do our own wine tastings and, and events for at these stores and grow just different, different than what they do. The California wines flowing and going in here. So we're working on that. And it's, we're getting ready to introduce a, you know, uh, probably we'll be in another 50 stores of Brookshires here, you know, in next month. And, and then, uh, then, then Tom Thumb will be next. So that's, that's one of the plans. And then on top of that, this same fella, he's very polished. He's very good at wine. We, we are, we are putting together a Texas wine, uh, Texas wine menu. That it, it it may there'll be maybe ten of us in the program to start. That it it's a, a wine menu that we'll we'll go to these top chefs and, and ask them to carry our wines. That wine menu will be we'll have some informative information on uh, on, on wineries where they're located, the Texas Wine Trail, where we're at, what we're doing, and then and then several wines from each of us. Great. So there, there, we have we have numerous numerous programs going on for our wine trail that are that are. I, 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 let me tell you, some of the other wine trails are I'm, I'm, like, for instance, Piney Woods. We we reached out to them and we said, you know, we want to make you a neighboring wine trail in our publication. We want people to know about you, right? And so, yes, they're gonna. We've got a little section on our our neighboring wine trail. I noticed that. And then you also have kind of an other section. And I noticed, um, is it Los Pinos is in there and they're in Pittsburgh. So that was kind of, that's far. Yes, it is. But, you know, what we just want people, we want people to come to our trail, but we also want them to know about our neighbors. We want, I mean, again, we're trying to promote Texas wine and North Texas is what we'll work on. You know, the hardest Southern, Fredericksburg, they got their own thing going on. Yep. And they need need to keep continuing and they're doing good. But, you know, but every, every time someone wants to open a shop, the first thing they say is, I'm going to Fredericksburg. Well, and you know, and, and out of all, all of our members, we have we have over uh, 40 members of wineries and vineyards. Um, of those, seven of them have locations in Fredericksburg as well. So that magazine will be uh, pub, uh, distributed down in Fredericksburg. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see it. I'm excited about it. I love the first one, and I'll add it to my collection. Oh, please. Can't you hear the enthusiasm that Chuck has for the future of Texas wine? I love seeing this excitement and energy, and it's nice to see it happening close to me in North Texas. At the end of our interview, I'm pretty sure Chuck adopted me as a Tordiglione, so I'm one of the family now. Thanks for your time, Chuck, and for sharing all that is going on with the Cross Timbers Wine Trail and with Bull Lion Ranch and Vineyards. I'll look forward to checking out your new spot in Grapevine. Before we close out this section, I want to mention a few things that I think all wine trails should do to be as consumer-friendly as possible. One, make sure you're using social media and keeping it up to date, particularly around the time of your events. Although it's not realistic to keep all the opening hours of all of your member wineries, you should at least have links to the wineries on your website. For large associations with more member wineries than can be visited in one day, 
I cannot tell you how important it is that you have your members grouped into trails that are arranged by geography, and they need to be able to be printed out since you can't always guarantee that GPS is going to work on some of these rural roads. I know it's a pain since your membership changes frequently, but this is my number one request. And please have these trails available and ready to go when tickets go on sale for the passport event. This helps so much with planning. Next, since many Texans visit wineries as part of a weekend trip, you might consider having some lodging and dining on your website too. I found that the best place to find a listing of all the wine trails in Texas is the Texas Wine Lover website, txwinelover.com. Specifically, you'll find it under the tab Fun Stuff. Of course, the membership lists are changing frequently, so if you manage a wine trail and have updates to your listing, please notify Jeff Cope of Texas Wine Lover. Thank you to all the wine trail representatives that I spoke with for answering my questions and helping me understand your structure and your programs. Hope to see you soon on a Texas wine trail. Last week was National Cabernet Sauvignon Day, and I wanted to pick a wine from the Cross Timbers Wine Trail, and I wanted to say cheers to Rebecca and Travis Conley from Brennan Vineyards on the recent birth of their new baby daughter. So my wine pick is the 2017 Brennan Vineyards Cabernet Sauvignon. Brennan Vineyards is located in Comanche on the southern end of the Cross Timbers Wine Trail. It was founded in 2001 by Dr. Pat and Trelise Brennan. Construction on the winery began in 2004. The winery is located in one of the oldest remaining homesteads in Texas, dating back to 1876, and it has an adjacent 10-acre estate vineyard that was established in 2002. Brennan produces around 10,000 cases annually, and it owns and operates about 30 acres of vineyards. Now, I know we've talked about the glorious 2017 vintage. I do wish I had more of this wine. This was made by Brennan's executive winemaker, Todd Webster, and it's made up of 75% Cabernet Sauvignon from the Soleado Vineyard in the Texas High Plains and 25% Alicante Boucher from Diamante Doble Vineyard in the Texas High Plains. Now, remember, Alicante Boucher is one of the few grapes that has red flesh. I think we talked about um, when we talked about my harvest at Abastris, because the grape that I harvested um, was also one of those grapes that has red flesh. They're called Tinturier. This Cabernet Sauvignon has 14.7% alcohol by volume, according to the bottle, and it's been 18 months in American and French oak. So yesterday was Labor Day, and we grilled ribs, and this was such a great pairing. This is a pretty big and bold wine that stood up really well to the ribs. On the nose, it had a lot of baked plum and black cherry. The oak gave the wine a good bit of structure. It definitely had some tobacco and leather aromas present, a nice acidity, and a good bit of tannic structure. I think it would age really well. And like I said, the 2017s are so nice, and I wish I had more. This wine was provided to me by Texas Fine Wine. Cheers to Sweet Baby Connolly and to all those who labor in Texas wineries and vineyards. 
Thank you to Jeff Cope and Texas Wine Lover website for helping promote this podcast and for being such strong supporters of Texas wine. For this episode in particular, I sent Jeff approximately 27 questions about wine trails and wineries. Remember to visit TXWineLover.com whenever you have a question about a Texas winery or Texas vineyard. And as I just mentioned, it's also the best place to get information about a wine trail. Recent posts have included winemaker profiles, wine reviews, and winery visits. Thanks, Texas Wine Lover. Just a few reminders. Please go to ThisIsTexasWine.com for full show notes for this episode. There are links to everything I talked about. And while you're there, click the newsletter sign up to subscribe to my monthly email newsletter. As a thank you, you'll get my new Texas wine quiz with the answers and find out if you're a Texas wine expert. And please subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe in your podcast app so that you won't miss out on our next episode, which will be out in about two weeks. I'm at Texas Wine Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm most active on Instagram. I post original Texas wine content that you won't get anywhere else. It's not just bottle shots or photos of me frolicking in a vineyard. Thanks for listening to this episode of This is Texas Wine. Cheers, y'all.